a lot of the advice that is coming from the top isn't necessarily created for people who are maybe more emotionally driven or maybe more relationship focused or have a lower level of confidence, belief and self-worth. I think it's just, you gotta be very careful even in this conversation, listening to me, you have to filter the advice you get based on your experience as a human being. Most business owners and entrepreneurs are secretly sick of hustling. And if you are too, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast with me, Mickey Anderson, where we're revolutionizing success because you should have it all. Business success, lasting wealth, freedom, and fulfillment. Join me on this quest to uncover the keys to defining and achieving success on our terms so we can all hustle less and profit more. Oh man, as entrepreneurs, we tend to get stuck in the busy work, doing a lot of stuff. And sometimes we do stuff that we probably shouldn't be doing because it's easy, it's convenient, and someone told us it's what we need to focus on. But the truth is, what we need to focus on is different for each person. And figuring it out is only half the battle. Then we need to get good at doing it consistently. And that's something that so many of us struggle with. I am so excited to have Kevin Palmieri here from Next Level University to help us unpack this somewhat complicated topic that many of us avoid chatting about. Kevin, thank you so much for joining me. My pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I always love talking about consistency. So this is very aligned for me. So one of the things that I would love to start with for many of us have kind of this idea of what consistency is, like a definition mm. in our head. But I think if we could start off with just like a simple way of explaining what we mean when we talk about consistency, that might be helpful for the listeners. So how do you define consistency? Yeah, so it's that's very well said, because I think a lot of people assume consistency equals positivity, when in reality, a lot of the things we do consistently aren't actually bringing us where we want to go. So for me, consistency is doing something in a repeated fashion and that's really the simplest term for me. Now, what I would add is with an intentional twist, but a lot of us aren't doing it with an intentional twist. We're doing it because it's convenient. It's the path of least resistance. So something we're doing repeatedly, and oftentimes you don't know what the result's going to be for months and years down the line. That's the universe is set up in a weird way when it comes to that. Isn't it? <laughs> You know, and I think sometimes as entrepreneurs, we assume that there's going to be this big break, this one big moment that changes our lives and our business, right? Like I'm one X away from my next level. But mm. the truth is, it's usually not that. Yeah. Usually it's yeah. a lot of little steps. And so why is consistency such an important piece for entrepreneurs? Yeah, I think one of the things is number one in the beginning, I think most entrepreneurs have imposter syndrome. Mm, yeah. And if you have imposter syndrome, there's a lot of people out there telling you, you know, you should be crushing it. You know, you're ready. You're, you're ready for high ticket. You're ready for this. You're ready for this. Internally, if you're not ready, you're not ready. And you're not going to get those results. So it's one of those things where if you do one call, you might feel okay, right? If you do five calls in a week to get the train rolling, to get momentum building, you might feel a little bit better. But imagine if you did that every single day for the next five years, how good would you feel? So my analogy is always this. Consistency to me is a video game. In level one, you learn something and you pick up a tool that you might not use until level nine, level 10, level 11. But if you do not continue going, you never get to the level where you actually get to use the thing that you learned. That's one piece. 
the other part is you don't really know if you're doing the right things or the wrong things unless you do them long enough. That's the, the interesting thing. How many times have you tried something for a month and said, ah, that's not it. But if you did it for two months, that might've been it. Or, you know, that, that's another interesting thing. And here might be the biggest thing in terms of a business owner and early entrepreneur. When you are consistent throughout your entire business, your audience knows what to expect from you. So that's another definition of consistency where you know what you're going to get each time. I understand if I go to McDonald's, I know what I'm going to consistently get. It's not going to be a world-class meal, but it's usually not going to be terrible. It's, you know, it's in that three to four range. If you go to a five-star restaurant, you're paying for the consistency of quality. So that's another important thing when it comes to consistency. I love that you mentioned that, you know, um, one of the things I like to nerd out on is psychology and in particular relationship building in psychology. It's like, it's one of my little favorite, <laughs> favorite things to get into. Mm -hmm. And one of the things we know in that is, is consistency in relationships is so important. It's a vital component to, to building trust. Yes. And if you're an entrepreneur trying to build trusting relationships with your audience, your leads, your potential clients and your existing clients showing up consistently, consistently is such an important part in that because whether it's your emotion, the way you show up, the frequency at which you show up, all of those things need to be consistent in order to build that trusting relationship. I, yeah. I love that you mentioned that. Now, we kind of touched on this a little bit. Consistency can look different for everyone. We all have kind of our own ways <laughs> of working through it. Are there any common traits or common things that we can look for? Maybe tips that you have for just becoming a little bit more consistent? Yeah, I think number one, you have to make whatever you're trying to do as small as humanly possible. Mm -hmm. So what we do, we talk about it this way, because I believe at the end of the day, the leader of the business, the person who's running this as an early entrepreneur, you are the ultimate bottleneck to the growth, yeah. just because most of this is riding on your shoulders. So in the beginning, I always suggest creating a new habit under health, creating a new uh, habit under wealth and a new one under love. Simple. One habit under health. I'm not going to say go to the gym seven days a week. No, no, no. I'm not going to say, you know, track every calorie. No, no, no. Start weighing yourself. If that's something that you feel would be beneficial to you, cool, start that. Maybe it's drink a half a gallon of water every day. Okay, cool, great. That's a great place to start. The smallest, the lowest barrier to entry. That's, that's for me how you start to be consistent because I think a lot of us are convinced that we're not consistent human beings when in reality, Human beings are very consistent. It's just whether or not you're consistent in the right direction. So that's one thing. Start very, very, very small and understand that direction is far more important than speed. Number two, try to build in accountability if you can. So I have a business partner and I have a co-host. He's always there waiting for me. I'm always there waiting for him. So if you can work the public accountability, the necessity in, humans are just far more consistent that way. So Everybody on our team, I think we have 17 people on our team right now, everybody tracks habits. Everybody tracks their habits every single day. The reason it works really well is because I can go, just as an example, I could go on Mickey's dashboard and say, interesting, you know, 70%, 80%, 90%, 40%, what happened there? And everybody knows subconsciously that everybody can see your numbers. So that helps a little bit with public accountability. That's big. And then as a human being, you have to have three beliefs to take a new action. One, it is humanly possible. So is it humanly possible for me to weigh myself every day? Well, yes, people do that, right? It's humanly possible. 
is it personally possible? Is it possible for me as a human being? Hmm, I don't know if it is yet, right? Okay, so let's tap into that. And then the third one, what I think a lot of people get stuck on, will it be worth it? Will it be worth it for me to weigh myself? Will it be worth it for me to send a prospecting message every day? Will it be worth it for me to track my finances daily? That's one where a lot of people I think get stuck is if you do not believe something is worth it, why would you start in the first place? You know, I, I love to dig into this one in particular because it reminds me of when you were talking about shrinking down our habits, right? Really mm -hmm. focusing on almost like the minimum viable mm -hmm. <laughs> component that you can pick. I think yeah. there's pros and cons to doing that because I think the pro is I'm I'm way more likely to believe that it's possible and that I can do it. But then the con is something so small, right? Sometimes we see those tiny actions as, okay, but that something that small can't really be worth it. It can't be mm. the thing. Yeah. How do we tackle kind of that challenge in our mind of seeing those small things, not as not important, but as really the, the big pieces that come together over time. The same mindset that creates that is the same mindset that has stopped you from accomplishing your goals in the past. That's really what it is, is like, this is the thought. The thought is, you're not really supposed to see a change, but you should feel like you're making progress. There's a huge difference between the feeling and the seeing. And a lot of us want to see in order to feel, but that seeing does not come for a long time, unfortunately. So you have to believe that you're on the right path and you have to feel like you're making progress. I think if we reframed, how do you feel though? Maybe the numbers haven't changed. Maybe the bank account looks the same. Maybe the weight's the same. Maybe everything is the same. But how do you feel? Do you feel like you're building momentum? Do you feel like things are a little bit easier? That, understanding that it's a feeling oftentimes, right? It, it could even be a placebo effect where when you wake up, you just walk over to the scale and that becomes normal. If, if it's becoming normal, you are making way more progress than you realize way more progress than you will uh, you realize because now it's becoming a habit and here's the thing and this is the interesting thing a habit eventually becomes part of your identity and when it becomes part of your identity it becomes part of who you are and then when you are that type of person that's when results really start to compound i love that i think it ties back to the tracking and the accountability that you mentioned because sometimes we focus so much on the um, quantitative right the numbers the progress the roi whatever it is that we're tracking there and sometimes we avoid the qualitative the how i feel about it the you know those sorts of pieces that are also super important to track because yeah. you can be doing great things or seeing great numbers but if you feel like crap like that's not necessarily a great place to be either yeah it's not sustainable right? Like for me, it's three things. And I know I try to break things into as simple as humanly possible because that's just, that's always resonated with me. Number one, it must be sustainable. You must create something that is sustainable to start. You can always evolve, but it must be sustainable to start. Number two, you focus on doing that consistently. You can't do something consistently that's not sustainable. And then number three, once it's consistently running, Right. Once you have your processes and you you're doing an episode a week or you're sending a prospecting message a day, whatever, then you can focus on improvement. How do I get a little bit better at what I'm doing? How do I make it a little bit better? I think that simple breakdown, even if you sit with that and say, interesting, I'm doing all three of those. You're probably making pro more progress than you realize. And this is what I've seen over the last six years and thousands of episodes and hundreds of clients Three things. I like three things for some reason. Everything is three things with me. They're lucky three number. things. That's my, I guess. Yeah, I guess. 
three things that are really stopping people from achieving their level of success. You either have the wrong expectation, you have the wrong approach, or you have a skewed time perspective. I have not seen anything other than those three things that really hold people back. If your expectations are off, you think, okay, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in 10 days. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. If your approach is off, you're not going to accomplish your goal. And if you have a skewed time perspective, you're going to think you're losing when you're not, right? You're going to think, oh, I should already have results by now. And my analogy for this, Mickey, is simple. If you call me up and say, we're going for a run tomorrow, I'm going to ask you one question, one simple question. How far are we running? Why am I going to ask you that question? Because that determines my expectations, that determines my approach, and that determines my time perspective. If you say a mile, everything is different than if you say 26. And for a lot of entrepreneurs, I think we're, we're told that we're running a mile when we are running a marathon that may never end. I love that analogy. It ties back so well to that kind of first piece we were talking about where direction is more important than speed. Mm -hmm. I think we so hyper-focus on how fast we're running and not enough on like, am I even going in the right direction? <laughs> where yeah. am I running to? And it's one of those little reminders that sometimes we put this picture in our head of what success looks like, but are we really moving in that direction? Like what, where do we want to go ultimately and getting really clear on that? Yeah. It's, I think if you look at it from a holistic standpoint, I think that's really important because when, when people talk about business, they only talk about the numbers usually. Mm, yeah. It's like how many clients, how much, you know, what's the gross revenue? What are your profit margins? Whatever. Right? What is your cost of acquisition? Whatever. All that stuff. When it's like, how's your family life though? How's that going? How's your fitness and your health? That's why now full disclosure, that is a little bit harder, mm -hmm. right? It is a little bit harder, but this is my thought behind it. If you think of it, I don't really think of balance. I think of juggling. So for the two hours I'm at the gym, I'm not pouring into my relationship and I'm not necessarily growing the business unless I can capture content while I'm at the gym that I can then post that will help the business. And if my wife comes to the gym with me, okay, interesting. At all times right now, I'm not working on the business, but am I kind of in a way, right? Am I working on my health? Not really. So that's the understanding that I try to give is you're juggling things at all times. Will it take you longer potentially to grow your business if you're focused on your health and your relationship? Absolutely possible. Is it more sustainable though? Also probably, uh, yes, very, very high likelihood that it's more sustainable because you're living a more well-rounded life. And I just think to your point, determining what success is to you if you never saw social media, if you never saw a YouTube video, if you never saw a sizzle reel, what would success be to you? I think that's a really good place to start. This episode is brought to you by the Hustle Less Profit More Club, the marketing solution for small businesses struggling to grow. Learn how to ditch marketing that doesn't work and create a no fluff, high powered marketing strategy that scales in the Hustle Less Profit More Club. This monthly business coaching program is designed for busy entrepreneurs and business owners who struggle to market their business. Inside, you'll learn everything you need to set proper marketing goals, prioritize your efforts, and grow your business. I love it. I think you're right on the money there. I think a lot of us put the, like our life into buckets and we assume that they can't mix. But mm. the truth is like we are... We're the link between all of them. And when we pour into ourselves, whether it's our health, our relationships, our lifestyle, 
our personal development, it all bleeds into all of those other areas. Like you can't compartmentalize that. So as much as like, even if you do go to the gym and you're not recording content, you're still improving other aspects of your life because yeah. you get to show up better too. Pouring into right? me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I love that. Now, I think one of the questions that I, I really wanted to ask, because a lot of us like to blame other people for our problems. If it's not me, yeah. of course, but <laughs> some, some of us like to blame other people, blame circumstances and, and not really take accountability for the fact that we're just not doing the work. How can we know if it's us, if our consistency is really the problem? Ooh, yeah, it's a great question. I think having some sort of outside eye, mm. I think, I don't know if there's any other way because we're all kind of stuck in our own echo chamber and you could be the most, you could be the most consistent person, you know, but maybe that means you're in the wrong rooms. Maybe you're the big fish in the small pond where you got to go seek another pond. I think you need, you need external, I don't want to say validation, external reflection is what I would say. And then part two is, okay, measure it. We had somebody, we had a, we have a group coaching program and somebody was in it. And this person said, they said, with, with all the love, I should be running my own group coaching. I shouldn't be in this one. And I was like, you show me through your consistency and then that'll tell you the answers. And that person, you know, on a scale of, or on an opportunity to get a hundred percent total productive input output, they got like 65%. It's like, look, I know in your mind, you think you're ready, but I got a hundred percent for four months straight. I never missed. That's why I am doing this. And you're here. Nothing wrong with that. I completely understand, but I know, I know you think you're crushing it, but the data says otherwise. So we have to look at the data too. And that's why it's so hard, Mickey, because we are balancing feelings and emotions and, and data and the delay of time. And, you know, there's so many things that you're, you're balancing. So I think you have to measure it first and then you have to get outside perspective of, you know, somebody who's ahead of you that might be able to add value to your unique situation. I think it's a great reminder. Sometimes, sometimes I think we forget the importance of being in rooms with people who are better than us. We get mm -hmm. fearful, right? That imposter syndrome is, is real. And it definitely holds a lot of people back from putting themselves into those uncomfortable positions yeah. with people who are further along in the road, because we don't want to seem like we're not as far as them when the truth is we're not. And that's mm -hmm. okay. That kind of bigger beginner's mind almost where we're, we're open to sucking at things <laughs> because we're on the path to getting better, I think is one of those essential pieces to being not just a successful entrepreneur, but like a fulfilled entrepreneur as well. Would you agree? I 100%, 100%. It's a very, this is a very personal game. Mm -hmm. It's very personal. People can, can guide you and suggest to you and, and create uh, the opportunity for breakthroughs with you, but then you get to decide, oh, is that something I really want to do? But I do find that oftentimes, oftentimes, and I'm as guilty of this as any human being, we want to believe that our way is the way. Mm. And maybe it is, maybe it is, but you'll never know if your way is the way unless you get outside input and then try other modalities when it comes to your, your unique success. I love that. I think the the measuring part is definitely tricky for a lot of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It's that consistency piece as well. Not only do we have to be consistent in the habit, we have to be consistent in tracking the habit. So it can sometimes be a little bit tricky. Now, I want to kind of cycle back to that imposter syndrome and, and surrounding yourself with people who are better than you. Because I think it's something that we all need that reminder, but sometimes we need the push in terms of consistently showing up into those rooms. So if, if, say for example myself if i was feeling like a bit of an imposter i'm nervous i'm i i'm i'm new <laughs> or maybe i still feel new 
And I know that one of the things I really need to do is consistently put myself in those uncomfortable positions with people who are better than me. But every time I go, I get the feels, right? Those emotions come up. The feeling of imposter syndrome comes up. How can I start to work through that and get better at being consistent in that very uncomfortable position? Yeah. One of the things that I, I always try to openly admit is I get the same feelings mm. just because I'm perceived as somebody who has quote unquote success, whatever that means to you. I still feel like an imposter all the time. Every day I feel like an imposter. So I don't know if this helps, but I put it out there because I don't see a lot of people who answer the questions on how to overcome imposter syndrome admit that they still have it. So I still have imposter syndrome. I don't know if it'll ever go away. And here's why. Because every time I get comfortable with what I'm doing, I tend to just try to do something more difficult. And then it's like, oh, I'm in a new bucket of not knowing what I'm doing. So number one, it's okay to have imposter syndrome. I think that's a very empowering belief. I think it's okay to understand that, look, I don't always feel enough. Okay, cool. We can we can work with that. That's part one. Part two, this is what I look to. I look for the most recent and relevant proof. So just as an example, I went on a podcast recently. I am a man with, I have no degrees. I didn't go to college, didn't do very well in high school. I went on a show and the host was a doctor for NASA. And I was like, what? in the hell am I doing here? How did I get to this point? Maybe there's another Kevin Paul Mary. They must have sent the wrong message. But I looked at the most recent. I did a podcast the day before with a high-level psychologist. And relevant, it was a podcast, proof. That proved to me that, look, I know your default setting is to say you're an imposter and you can't do this. The most recent and relevant proof suggests that you can. So in this example, if you went to an event recently, and you felt 10 out of 10 out of your league. Okay, can we feel nine out of 10 this time? Recent and relevant proof states that we did it, we got through it. It wasn't necessarily what we expected, but that's okay. I think that's an important understanding. And then I think I think you have to be honest with yourself on, on a scale of one to 10, how outside of my comfort zone is this? Because maybe you shouldn't be doing level 10s. Maybe you should be doing level twos, right? So maybe going to an event with 5,000 people that ain't it. Maybe go to you know, a networking event that you find on Eventbrite that has 25 people there. Maybe that's your initial dipping your toe into dealing with imposter syndrome. So I would say, again, shrink it. Yeah, shrink, shrink it, shrink the exposure if you can, because that'll make things a little bit more simple for you. I love the way you put that. And I like that you started off with kind of admitting that you also feel it. Because I, I found that like classic hustle culture, idolizes the like I'm crushing it mentality or like no no I'm amazing I'm crushing it and meanwhile we we come home and we're like am I really crushing it yeah it's hard <laughs> Mickey what what I've seen is most of the people who are giving advice are not typical human beings mm. they don't I don't want to say they don't struggle with a lot of it but like this is a good analogy my business partner is a very logical visionary genius who doesn't necessarily understand, he doesn't know really what it's like to doubt yourself. He does, that's not him. He does not, he believes anything is possible for him and he has proven it to himself. The advice that he would give me versus the advice that I would give me are drastically different. And I would give myself the advice of, it's okay to feel like an imposter. He might think like, you should never feel like an imposter. That, a lot of the advice that is coming from the top isn't necessarily created for people who are, maybe more emotionally driven 
or maybe more relationship focused or have a lower level of confidence, belief, and self-worth. I think it's just, you got to be very careful, even in this conversation, listening to me, you have to filter the advice you get based on your experience as a human being. Yeah, I think we tend to personalize a lot of advice and build narratives around it as well. I I love that. And I think in my experience, at least imposter syndrome, almost it comes in like different levels. It's not always a 10. Sometimes I have like a one, (laughs) some days are in the middle, but I think it's also part of having like that healthy, humble growth mindset is like, you have to, you have to know that you probably don't know it all. Yeah, that's okay. You shouldn't. I mean, if it ever gets to the place where you know it all, you're, you're wasting your potential. You could just go do something a little bit harder and expand, right? Like anytime you 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 put a stamp on it, you close the envelope and you say you're done, you're you're slowing yourself down. And that's just the hard, real, no BS, heart-driven truth. I love that. I think this kind of imposter syndrome moment that we're talking about right now ties a lot back to consistency because sometimes we'll do something that we think is the right thing and we'll be doing it consistently. And all of a sudden we realize we need to change. Mm-hmm. We've either done it wrong, it didn't work we're on the wrong path. And those feelings of, oh no, maybe I am a failure <laughs> pop up. When we get into those moments where we have to adapt and change, things haven't gone to plan. How can we work our way through that imposter syndrome to find the next step of being consistent again? Try something new. I, I, this is going to sound overly simplistic, but again, I, that's what I try to do. If you, if you look at success from the standpoint of a recipe, all recipes are kind of the same. I mean, you have raw ingredients and let's just say not all of them, but many, you have raw ingredients that you mix, you put them into something that is hot for a long period of time, you get a result and then you test the result. The only thing not to do is to try something new. So when you're baking a cake, the first time somebody baked a cake, they probably said, all right, cool. This amount of eggs, this amount of flour, this amount of sugar, whatever, butter. I don't make cake, so I don't really know. We're (laughs) going to put it in the oven at 300 degrees for 15 minutes. Mm, That is not it too dry. Okay. Let's do 450 degrees for seven minutes. Oh, okay. That's that. I think that number one, you will not become a success overnight, but you also will not become a quote unquote failure overnight. It it doesn't happen that way. You're not just going to wake up and say, Oh, this didn't work. I'm done. You don't have to be done. What you can always do is you can take the, you can take the lessons from the losses. You can take the, what worked and double down on that. You can take what part of the system worked and then try that as a new starting point or a new ending point. You just have to sit with it and say, okay, what went really well here? Mm, What didn't go so well here? Okay, well, what if I shifted that part? I just think you have to sit with it. And to your point, not emotionalize and not personalize that quote unquote failure because as cliche as it sounds, you found another way that doesn't work. That's okay. That's okay, right? Like, And now you know more. Even when you fail, you actually are learning. So you know more than you did before the failure. It might not be the right thing yet, but you learned a very valuable lesson in that. I love that you kind of tied it to the scientific method, right? Like you have a hypothesis or an idea of what's going to happen. You measure and it's all basically a test. Like it's not a test whether I'm a success or a failure. It's a test as to whether this thing works or not. (laughs) Like that's it. It always is. Even, Even when you become successful, you're always testing. Like the most successful companies in the world, they don't just do something. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, we're going to we're gonna ship this to people's houses. What about two-day shipping? Interesting. What about one-day shipping? And what about same-day shipping, right? There's always room for improvement. So you can't ever think that you're done, but 
yeah, that's the same with a failure. If you quote unquote, I'm putting this is in air quotes. If you fail, there's lessons there. You you know, you know, and this is what I always say, and this helped me. The people who are more successful than you are also bigger failures than you. They've just failed more times than you have, and that's okay. So understanding that failure is creating progress, I think that's just a very, it's empowering. I think that's empowering. Yeah, I love that. Now, I have a question that I'm personally really curious to know, because you talked about how like you were successful, you've you've hit these kind of milestones in life, and, and you obviously like, you lead a personal development program. <laughs> like, you pretty much got it figured out. And I'd love to know if you were speaking to kind of new entrepreneurs who are just getting started and looking to find something to be consistent on that they think is going to help them move forward towards their goals, what would you tell them to start being more consistent with? Ooh, learning. Mm. I know it sounds over, again, I'm going to, I'm a broken record, but if you learn, if you can focus on learning for 30 minutes a day, that is so much time over the course of a year. That is drastic amounts of knowledge. That, that is the number one thing that has helped me. Because my imposter syndrome was, I'm having conversations with geniuses and industry experts. I don't know if I can hang. I don't know if I can hang with these people. You know, I remember we interviewed someone named Stephen Kotler, who wrote a book called The Art of Impossible, and he has interviewed all the geniuses. And I remember getting to that interview thinking, mm, mm -mm, I am not ready for this. And I've had that many times. So it's almost like shoring up the weakness that you feel is stopping you. What can you do to sure up that weakness? So for a lot of us, I think it's lack of learning. This is the other interesting thing. If you started a business without the awareness of how to grow a business, and there's nothing wrong with it, I did the same thing. That's what you got to focus on. It's different now where all you got to do is send your state 500 bucks, whatever it is, get your LLC and you're off to the races. But that doesn't mean you know yet what's required to grow. So I would be as obsessed with learning as you can. Here's the other thing, self-awareness. You have to be very, very honest with yourself about what you're really good at and what you're not good at. I am very good at getting things started. I am not as good at improving them once they're there. I tend to just walk away and then the ball crashes into something. But I'm really good at getting stuff started because I'm, I'm an operator. My business partner is a visionary. I should lock him in a room and he should have nothing to do but think all day. Like that's the most valuable use of his time. But that's from a place of just honesty. I'm really good at starting things. I'm not as good at improving them. That shouldn't be me. I shouldn't be, that shouldn't be the head of, of what I'm doing. And then the opposite for him. But that comes from a place of self-awareness, right? Being very, very self-aware and humble when it comes to, I'm really good at blank. I'm not so good at blank. Okay. I have to learn my weakness or I have to mitigate it through delegation. You know, whatever that is. That self-awareness, I think, it, I think that stops a lot of people because I don't know. I don't know if we don't want to eat the humble pie. We want to think we're good at everything. I, I've definitely been there, but. You're, you're doing more disservice to yourself than than anything. I think it ties right back to that first piece we talked about, right? Where you need time in and you need some failure to figure it out. And I think yeah. self-awareness comes from allowing yourself to fail a little bit. <laughs> and sometimes yeah. we avoid that. We don't, right? Oftentimes we won't join races that we know we won't win, or mm. we won't do things that we don't think we can master in 15 minutes. Like, yeah. <laughs> but it does take time. Yeah. And I think self-awareness is the same. The, like you're only going to know where your comfort zone is if you start to push the limits of it. Yeah. And that happens I, through time. Yeah. Can I add real quick? Yeah. The Think of it this way. And this is like, I think this is kind of the depth of everything. If you're a business owner and you ask yourself a simple question, how do I make more money in my business? Cool. YouTube that. A billion videos is going to come up. 
Here's the, the hardest part. If you don't understand that you have a money block because you were raised in a scarce environment from your parents, that advice is not garbage, but it's not going to hit you at the root of who you are. That's why self-awareness is so important because there are some psychological unconscious behaviors and patterns that are holding you back way more than you realize that you'll never understand unless you start to explore yourself. So work on yourself and your conditioning and your confidence and your self-worth and self-belief as much as you work on your website and your social media and your, you know, your interview skills, whatever it may be. Yeah. Personal development is business development. Yes. hundred percent. Yeah, love it. So Kevin, uh, I would love for you to tell the audience a little bit about Next Level University. Yeah. Next Level University is our podcast, but it's also the the entire brand. So we do seven episodes a week. I think we have what? I don't even know. 1300. Yeah. It's yeah, something like that. I don't, I don't even know. I've, I've lost count at this point, but it's simple. It's a heart driven, but no BS approach to holistic self-improvement. I don't want to be the guy screaming at you that you suck. You should do better. If you're broke, you're losing. I don't think that helps anybody. I want to be a humble heart driven leader who you feel safe to share your wins, your losses, and your struggles with. That is ultimately what we're playing for. So that shows up in the podcast. And then we have, you know, group coaching, one-on-one coaching. We have many things under that, but I always suggest people go listen to the podcast because it's free, number one, and you'll have a an opportunity to figure out pretty quickly whether you like us or not. And obviously that's very important when it comes to, to learning. And it's nextleveluniverse.com? nextleveluniverse.com is the website. Next Level University is the podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. I'll have all the links in the description. Kevin, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting today. Thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for the thoughtful questions and the wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining me in another episode of the Hustle Less, Profit More podcast. Thanks to our season one sponsor, Asteri Pursuit Marketing and Communications. You can find show notes and resources at hustlelessprofitmorepodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us where you get your podcasts. Join us again next time to uncover more of the keys to achieving success, wealth, fulfillment, and freedom. Thanks for listening.